want to put a quick disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that even though, yes, we are talking about a lot of medical things, we are not medical professionals, so none of this should be taken as medical advice. We hope you enjoy this episode of Break Room Banter. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It's a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week, two friends who happen to be hairstylists break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Anna Schrader. And today we are going to talk about overworking and we have a special guest on the podcast. Yes. So Alicia is a phenomenal, phenomenal hairdresser. She is a national Kuhn educator as well as an educator at the Kuhn Academy. She was nominated for so happy to have you here. Yes. So, and Alicia, I don't know you as well, but I'm really excited to hear get to know you more. Um I've met I've seen you at our trainings and you just exude such a wonderful energy full of joy and you're kind to everyone and you have like the coolest rock and style so yay welcome Alicia thank you so much no pressure to live up to that at all (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to be here too I will say I think it's fun and really inspiring to see your friends not just think of something to do like oh this would be cool to make a podcast but then do it you know and and watch it sort of grow so I'm excited to be a part of it I feel kind of honored Mm -hmm. to be in the first season of many thank you Mm -hmm. so as you all know we like to start off each week with our rose and thorn so I'll go first my rose this week is that I got a class request what? Woo! Yay! Congratulations! Hooray! I am Which one? getting what out class? of here. It is a total Kuhn experience. So they brought in the oh. entire line during uh, the Panda Express, and then <laughs> <laughs> they just really need a class. So I get to go teach where? a class. Where's in the class? Missouri. I don't care where it is, honestly. Fun! Oh, yay! <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Thanks. My thorn is that I just laid around and did nothing today. Oh my gosh. I didn't get anything done. <laughs> that would be my rose. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm my brain is thinking of all the things that I need to get done that now I'll just do tomorrow, honestly. Yeah. So yeah. Alicia, what about you? What's your rose and thorn? My rose would be, I think, having my niece here for her birthday. So that was that was just fun. Celebrating with her made me feel like I was also 14, which was great. Um <laughs> My thorn would be I am going through physical therapy after surgery and I'm reaching that Mm -hmm. point where like I want to do more than I should Should. do. So I over I'll say I overextended myself a little bit, which has been a gentle thorn every day as a reminder to do what you did to Mm. lay around and do nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is why you are here today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On this particular yes. episode. Yeah. What about you, Anna? I know you have a so, good old rose. Yes. I just got back from vacation and I was in Puerto Rico with my twin sister. We were celebrating our birthday. We like made a big trip of it. We're like, we just are going to go somewhere and have fun and get away and 
and my brother-in-law also came along too. And um, Puerto Rico is wonderful in every single way. The people are amazing, the food, the drinks are good, the atmosphere, the sights, hiking, literally everything you want to do. It was a perfect mix of adventure and relaxation and it was perfect. I would definitely recommend it to everyone. My thorn is literally the same as yours, Hunter, because I I think my brain is still in Puerto Rico because I had a whole list of things I wanted to get done today on my day off and prep before I go back to work tomorrow. And I just got so distracted. I couldn't stay focused. It was like one thing to the next. And I look back on my day and I'm like, ooh, what did I actually get done? <laughs> I don't know, but it was a, it's probably what I needed. I probably needed a vacation for my vacation, as lame as that sounds, but um, it was a, still a good day, but I had a I lot always more feel that way. Done. You well, need I a vacation also, from your vacation. I think it's mm-hmm. true though, that vacation is not rest. Vacation is a lot of the time is like, go do, have fun experience. And so then you're not actually resting and we need rest. So it's like, if you're sick for three days and you go back to work on day four, you didn't have time to actually recover. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing as vacation in like a different way. It's true. Mm -hmm. even though we did a lot of like laying on the beach, you're still like surrounding yourself with a totally different scene. And like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty overstimulating, even though it was like, wonderful so yeah that's a good point yeah i feel like you guys did a pretty even amount from your snapchat story at least of like relaxing and exploring yes yeah we did we did a lot of fun things we did this really fun trip where we like ziplined okay so my brother-in-law presented this to me like the week before we left he's like yeah there's just like this lazy river where we're gonna float down in tubes and have a couple drinks i'm like great sounds fun well it ended up being like a full-on zipline hiking up like (laughs) it was so fun lots of hiking and we were it was white water tubing so we were just kind of like bumbling down scraping over rocks and it was like we all had these dorky little helmets on and it was so fun but it was definitely not just floating down i will say alicia something to know about anna is that her idea of fun is like sweating mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like hiking up mount everest would be fun mm-hmm. for anna you know what yeah, i mean i'm afraid of heights so i yeah, don't know i like oh, okay. adventure but at a pace that does not make me sweat oh right okay yeah. She wants to wear her fancy boots when she goes on adventures. <laughs> oh, you're one of those hikers. I respect that. I completely respect that. Today's episode, as Anna said, is about overworking. Alicia, I would love to take this opportunity for you to tell everyone. I mean, to put it to put it simply. <laughs> I'm currently off work from an overuse injury. Um, (laughs) I spent a long time, now I realize, overworking. And it resulted in my physical therapist and I joke, my injury is D, all of the above. Because right now, I've been off work since October, the end of October, it's the end of March. So like, what is that, five months? Five months, yeah. And I had surgery on my elbow for nerve, a nerve injury, but it started in 2018. And the issue, if I had treated it in 2018, could have been solved in, you know, two or three months. But I didn't because at the time I 
was teaching for Kuhn. I owned a salon that was a, a big, busy salon in Chicago. And then I was also working behind the chair. So it was like every day was a long day. Every week was a long week. Every day was work in one way or another. So they say, you need to take three weeks off. And I laughed. I was like, <laughs> oh, well, that's not possible. So how's like one? Like I negotiated with my doctor. Um, fast forward and now even just getting back to work is proving to be far more difficult than I thought it would be because I have the recovery from the surgery, letting the nerve heal. I have tendonitis in my forearm, my thumb. I recently was diagnosed with carpal tunnel. Uh, and because of all the rest required, oh, I also had medial epicondylitis, which is golfer's elbow. And because of all of the rest required to heal the various things, I now have muscle atrophy in my right arm. So it is just like, my mom always, my mom is a nurse and she has always said, if you burn the candle at both ends, the candle will burn you, right? And it's sort of similar to like, when you hear people say, if you don't take rest when you're supposed to, your body will force you to take rest. And I just really, really tested that theory. So I I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's a fine line when you love your job, but I, I did a really good job of overworking, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, I remember that it was a lot, but that was a lot to hear it back yeah. <laughs> again. So it's directly affected by overuse. Yeah. That, they, okay. When they told me in September, they referred me to a surgeon. And when they referred me to a surgeon, I had gone through multiple rounds of physical therapy, trying to heal everything. But because it was very, um, the last week that I was actually working, when I think back on it, it sounds insane. I would go to work for three to four hours in the morning, but I would have pain in my arm. So in the middle of the day, I would leave to go get acupuncture to relieve the pain and then go back to work because I had clients scheduled. Wow. Well, and not so, to mention, wasn't the last wasn't the last few weeks of you working, weren't you trying to close a salon? I closed the salon in basically August. So it was like August, September was when I had a, put it this way, I started saving my money. Like I had a feeling, but they hadn't mm -hmm. officially said yes surgery they referred me to the surgeon and it wasn't until the end of october that they were like absolutely you need surgery and when they referred me i sort of said you know are you are you sure and he <laughs> he literally with just with a straight face he said you either get surgery or you get a new career damn mm -hmm. and it was it was because you need to allow your body to heal. And I just didn't. And this is why it started in 2018. It's now 2022 and I'm still dealing with it because it was just, I mean, it says on all of my paperwork, overuse injury because yeah. it's the same motions over and over. over and, and then, over. I mean, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was common, but if I worked a 15 hour day, I would just be like yeah I mean it's a long day but like I'm okay yeah so I guess I would I would like to know a little bit more about what in the surgery entails and your mm -hmm. recovery process but I kind of want to go back to that um is what were your days 
I have two questions in this. Mm-hmm. Explain kind of like your routine as a hairdresser. And then the next question I want you to think about is how were you mentally? Like, were you feeling fulfilled in that busy lifestyle? Because mm-hmm. the, the second one's probably a little harder, a li- right. little bit more of a loaded question, but um, I'm just curious to know. So behind the chair, my routine was double booking. We had, you know, depending on the, the time frame eight to nine stylists, three apprentices or like assistants, and then everyone double booked. So I would see like between, you know, if it's color or cut, whatever, maybe between seven and 13 clients a day. 13 if it was like all haircuts or short appointments, but it also, if I did your color and I wasn't doing your haircut, I would do your color and somebody else would finish you out, like do your shampoo, your toner, your blow dry, which meant there were days that I would have four clients at a time in the salon if I had four colors that were not getting haircuts. So it was, I mean, never not busy. And you couple that with booking, you know, 10 to 12 weeks out fully booked. It's a funny thing. It sounds like the goal, but then when you're doing it, it makes it fun, fast paced, but also very little room for error, whether that be somebody wanting to adjust their toner or you needing to call in sick. Like there's not any wiggle room with that. So on one hand, it feels like good use of time, right? Because you're getting as many people in as you can, but it was a lot. And the week was sort of like, I would have a day that I would work behind the chair. And then because we had a salon with apprentices, they would have to have a day of education. So Mondays I taught for Kuhn, Tuesdays I worked behind the chair, Wednesdays I did a full day of education with the apprentices, Thursdays I worked behind the chair, Friday was my office day to do payroll and like whatever other office things needed to be done, Saturday I worked behind the chair. So Sunday was my main day off and then if it's a week that I was teaching out of town, Sunday became my travel day. So it it also wasn't uncommon to have like I've worked, you know, 11 days straight, 17 days straight. No days off. (laughs) No days off. Yeah. Wow. But I think. I have another question in that too. Like in all of that, how was your creativity? Because we also work in a field where we're supposed to be creative. But personally, when I get busy, my creativity gets stifled. What was that like for you? This is the funny thing. Because my schedule was sort of like every other day, right? It was teach, do hair, teach other people different things, do hair, do office work, do hair. So it it allowed for enough creativity to like trick yourself into this is fine. Because with Kuhn, there is a lot of creativity in certain things that I would do with that, right? Like we would do photo shoots Mm -hmm. sometimes, we would do hair shows. And so when I would do a hair show, it felt emotionally like I get to work three days straight with, you know, four of my best friends. And now we have these three or four models that are letting us do what we want. And now we get to be creative. We aren't bound by somebody's expectations, desires, and budget, we can just do. So it felt like, yeah, I I get this creative outlet, but because I feel like because of that, you're not categorizing it as work. 
you're just like, oh, this is a different thing that it's I'm fun. Doing. It's a hobby. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it feels creative. So it was almost like my cune teaching stuff fueled the creativity. And then when I was working behind the chair, because God bless every apprentice and assistant in the world, that really allows you to do the most creative a part of the appointment only. I'm going to apply your blonde. And then somebody else is going to shampoo it out. They're going to do the toner. They're going to, you know, wash the toner out. And they're going to do your blow dry. And then I get to just go and see what that beautiful blonde looks like. So from a creativity standpoint, that was another part of like tricking yourself into this is so fun. This is great. Um, well, and I feel like as hairstylists, it does seem like that is the goal, right? Mm-hmm. So like when you're there and you're living it and you're, quadruple booked Mm -hmm. it it feels like that is the dream right like you're rolling in the the dough at that point yeah Uh, (laughs) not as a salon owner (laughs) right right (laughs) but I think that that I think this industry is a really unique industry when it comes to overworking because we all have passion, genuine passion for what we're doing. Like you hear people say, well, if you didn't, if we didn't get paid to go to work, we probably wouldn't work. But like I was doing hair before I was getting paid to do hair because I thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. You both probably were too. So I think that makes it so much harder to remind yourself, this is work this is mm-hmm. not work and you need mm-hmm. to find you know a way to separate it and then on top of that you have the you know you've heard of it referred to as like the hustle culture right everybody yes. needs to have a side hustle a side gig uh, uh and I think if you love that and that's working for you fantastic do it but it doesn't work for everybody and when you pair it with a job where I mean when I was in school they would say this is one of the only careers where if you want to raise, you give yourself a raise, you raise your prices, you do one extra highlight a day, you sell more mm-hmm. shampoo. So you're giving yourself a raise. But that's, you know, raising your prices, that is giving yourself a raise. Taking an extra client a day is not giving yourself a raise. A raise. It's making it's yourself work harder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. we are sort of um, fed this, I think well-intentioned, but we're fed this as we can work as much or as little as we want. We can work as much as we want. <laughs> and, as, and as long as, you know, as long as we're in demand, then we're successful. And mm-hmm. there's some truth. Obviously, you want your chair to be full. You want to be booked far enough out that you feel like you have security. But, you know, too much of it a It comes thing. at a cost. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that would be rolling into the next, um, what, how, what was your mental state in that, in the heat of being super, super busy and kind of what we're spelling out overworking? Mm-hmm. Um, I think throughout the years, because we had, there was like an eight year period where I was doing all of that, right? Teaching, owning, doing hair. So there was a little bit of a a rise and fall throughout it. 
for the majority of it, I either loved it or told myself I loved it and I wasn't unhappy enough to like question it. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't reevaluating. Mm -hmm. I was just doing what I had been doing. I heard, a, I heard if you follow Teffy on TikTok, love her. She said <laughs> in one of her TikToks a while back, I don't even know what I like. I just know what I do. Yeah. And I think it's sort of that, like, this is just what I'm doing and this is what I have been doing. So do I, do I like this schedule still? I don't know. I haven't thought about it until I started to realize probably in like right around the time it started hurting my body, right? Like 2018, right. 2019, it started to feel like oh, okay, I have three people that couldn't get in and I had to, whatever, my flight got canceled and now I have to put these people somewhere and I, it starts to feel like that versus, mm -hmm. no, no problem, I'll find it, it's fine. Like, they're very different. You notice that shift. So I started noticing that shift, but it wasn't, it's funny, like when I think back, it wasn't that I thought I should work less. I immediately started to think, is it doing hair? Is it working with clients? Is it feeling like somebody always needs something from you versus mm -hmm. am I taking enough time for myself or am I giving enough time to relax? It, it, my brain didn't go to what it actually was. Um, so toward the end, it was definitely, when I say the end, I mean the time before I ended up needing surgery and all of that stuff. But toward that time period, it was definitely you know, anxious in hindsight. Now I realize far more anxious than I realized going into depression. Cause like I have one day off a week and my partner and I would almost start joking that that one day was just the day for me to like <laughs> be, be upset about whatever, cry if I need to, like that was the day that I could release. And that started the self, the self analyzing of like, Oh, why all of a sudden do you feel this way compared to a year and a half ago when like you just want to go hiking and and be happy because it hadn't yeah. put that much pressure you know so and that brings me to remember when we were in vegas and i asked you i was like how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you're like well i guess we have time <laughs> yeah yeah it was a lot and I think part of the reason why is because you don't stop and self-analyze. You don't stop and think, especially when you're that busy all the time and everyone around you is like, oh my gosh, this is so great. This is the dream. This is what you want. You're like getting praise for being this busy. And I think part of it too is that I was, I mean, I was 20 when we started the process of opening a salon 25 when we opened it and this is in like the heart of Chicago you know head and chair salon beautiful stunning it was thank you um but it was a big undertaking and I think being so young at the start of it puts you in this mindset of like everybody is you know proud of or your reaction is like oh you do You're all young. this and, yeah and it gives you um you know well-intentioned encouragement to continue doing <laughs> it <laughs> but even choosing to close the salon was 
something where you realize you start to think about, well, what if other people think this? And what if, and I think that goes back to the same thing of like, and I don't mean like, you know, my neighbor, I mean, my peers in the industry, my fellow salon owner friends, will they think that I'm giving up because I'm not working this insane schedule and morning <laughs> book 12 weeks out? Because that's what we know of to be the goal. Successful, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That seems like such a like common, like American mm-hmm. toxic work ideal. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, you're not alone. Uh, this industry is like very, I feel like it's very common, that mindset, but it's mm-hmm. also in a lot of other industries. And we, we do one that I mean that's a beautiful thing about what we do is that we do we can create going back to what you were saying in hair school like you can realize this and you can take a step back although it is extra hard because you're looking at your clients in the face and you're saying no Mm -hmm. I can't so that's an extra hardship but like the beauty and those are people that you like yes they're they're not just clients like like as all of you guys who are listening you you know our clients are like our family and our friends and they become like that mm-hmm. and um so it's really hard saying goodbye like because in a way if you can't mm-hmm. fit them in mm-hmm. that's hard you have to give them an option yeah you have to think yeah. of it from both sides and I think it is it's also you know boundaries wonderful thing easier said than done uh mm-hmm. and yes. when it's you know if you're a cashier at a, a grocery store and some person walks through, you don't know who they are. Their coupon is expired. It doesn't bother you to be like, no, your coupon <laughs> is expired. You cannot use this. Goodbye. But now make it your aunt coming through the register and they're trying mm-hmm. to use the coupon. And you're like, do I have a code that I can, what if I can make this other coupon? And I feel like that's what it ends up being, you know? Yeah, oh, that's I a really good example. On, yeah, I need to come in on Friday. Mm-hmm. I have a wedding on Saturday. And you're like, well, of course I want your hair to look good for this wedding. Like, is it really that much of my time to come in 45 minutes early so I can... But the, how many clients mm-hmm. do you have? How many clients do you do that for? So yeah. it's yeah. always in hindsight. Um, and you know, you said it, it is in other industries too. I was... When Hunter said, you know, this is going to be on overworking, I was like, okay. And I just Google overworking and you start reading facts just generally. And like, you know, in other countries, they literally have words that mean death from overwork. And it's, it's, yeah. And you start reading about, you know, productivity levels. And when you reach 50 hours a week, it drops by a certain percentage. When you reach 55, it like plummets. And I think it said, on average, people are the happiest working 38 hours a week on average. I believe and that. Now make it a hairstylist that, you know, rents a suite or a chair or a booth that has to do all of their own ordering and, you know, pull their foils, fold their towels, do all of that stuff. How many hours are you behind a chair? If 38 hours is what we're supposed to work, you need like eight hours to, you know, order, order your order, unpack your order, inventory your order, do Mm -hmm. everything involved. So now we, you know, for happiness, quote, should work 30 hours behind the chair as full time. Mm -hmm. But, you know. That tips you over. over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Um, 
And now that you've, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just, I also wanted to go back to the quote that you were saying about um, Teffy, is that her name? Yeah, uh, TikToker. I don't know what I like, I know what I do. Mm-hmm. And also that's another thing about our industry. I was, that struck me. Like we are constantly having to be like positive. And mm-hmm. even in our work environment, when things are really rough, it's like, have a good attitude, have a good attitude, mm-hmm. change your attitude to be happier. Mm-hmm. So we end up like fooling ourselves that, yay, I am happy. I mm-hmm. am happy. This is good. And cause that's all we know. And yeah. then the world We're is trained. telling us to work and then have a good attitude and make it till you make it yeah and we're trained to you know don't tell your client how you're feeling Mm -hmm. if they ask how you are the only acceptable answer is i'm good girl Mm -hmm. yeah how are you so then you start believing it you say oh Mm -hmm. i'm good everything's good Mm -hmm. i'm fine i'm fine and that eventually bleeds over into (laughs) your personal life and you have to have surgery yeah and now you're not working so what I, just one quick yeah, thing that's funny is the I remember specifically the last one of the last like, two days that I was doing hair before surgery halted everything because uh, the day they said you need surgery they said no no you shouldn't be working at all right now today was your last day when can you come back so it was like two days before that I mentioned to one of my clients because he specifically said, longtime client gets a haircut every three weeks. So he specifically mm-hmm. said, how is your arm? And I just laughed and I said, well, I'm having a surgery consult in two days, but I think we'll be all right. And he said, uh, hey, why, why are you here if you're having a surgery consult? And I literally laughed and said, you know, <laughs> people pleaser. And he just said, Alicia, you need to worry about pleasing yourself, not your clients. And I was taken aback. I was like, wow, oh my gosh, Nate, shout out Nate. Like, thank you for saying yeah. that, you know, yeah, because people genuinely do yeah. care about us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he knew that that meant he wasn't going to get Aww. his every mm-hmm. third week haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Aww, that's sweet. Right. <sighs> so now that you've been off behind from behind the chair, have you discovered any new hobbies? So the nature of uh, why I'm off makes hobbies difficult uh Mm -hmm. because i mean the specific hobbies that i'm drawn to because this is actually hobbies are one of the reasons why this is making me reevaluate like i just shouldn't even attempt to go back to what i was doing before because every hobby that i had or have or was like i want to Mm -hmm. involves your hands like i love flipping furniture Um, gardening, I was learning to play the ukulele, and all of these require the uh, two hands. And now, so even now in like, the reason why I'm not back to work yet is because I have, I'm healing nerve damage. It's not permanent nerve damage, but you have to make sure your hand doesn't go numb because the more it goes numb, the higher you risk the nerve damage coming, becoming permanent. It's my understanding at least. So whatever it is I can do for like 20 30 minutes but nothing with none of those things that I just mentioned so if I want right. to do the dishes if I want to so my hobbies have been uh a lot of television okay it's resting I've done some puzzles um yeah, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of light a lot of feet I'm work. Re- yeah, reading some <laughs> books. Just trying to 
not do things to not for a little bit. So my hobby is like relaxing, <laughs> which yeah. is nice because it does kind of make you realize, okay, I, I kind of joke with my partner, like, okay, when I have my hand back, I'm really excited to do this. Or like when I, so it makes you realize the things that you're actually excited to get back to, uh, right. you know, organizing the basement, not one of them. Gardening. Period. Yes. You know, <laughs> picking the ukulele back up. Yes. Yes. Flipping furniture still. Yes. But oh, that puts it, everything it into perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You take so much for granted. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I see that you are like teaching again. Mm-hmm. So you are so, slowly getting back into work. I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> if I'm it's being a dangerous, completely... slippery slope for Alicia Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And if I'm being completely honest, when I scheduled those classes, we were under the impression that I would also be back to work behind the chair. Because when I had surgery, it was sort of a, we're thinking three to four months off, four months like max. But the phrase I've heard so many times now is nerve injuries are unpredictable. So we gotcha. thought I could, yeah, we thought I could be back to work by the end of July, uh, end of July. Oh, I hope I didn't just like manifest something. Um, we <laughs> hope that I could be back to work by the end of January, February ish. Obviously that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had scheduled these classes. So I just kind of asked them like, do you care? And they were like, do you need the money? And I was like, absolutely. And we're like, well, then sure. <laughs> so uh, part of it is just because, you know, being realistic, you take five months off work in an industry where you're not covered by an employer with- If you don't work, you don't get paid. Disability, right. So part of it is need. Part of it is I'm like barely getting a permission slip because I fortunately with teaching can spread out the arm movement. Like if I'm teaching a class in person, I'm taking one single balayage application and spreading it out over four hours. I'm showing you one section and then my arm is essentially resting while I walk around the room and help you do your section. And then I go back. So it's kind of built in that it works. The hardest part of it is like (laughs) taking your suitcase to the class, setting up (laughs) the class because you just have to always remember, like use your left hand for everything. The first time I flew to a class, she said, I'll only let you go if you wear a sling. I don't need a sling. But she said I had to wear it so I didn't instinctually start picking up a 40-pound luggage when I was only Mm -hmm. supposed to be lifting, like, five pounds. Right. So, yeah. So I am back to teaching, which is nice from a perspective of, like, building up your physical strength again, building up your, uh, you know, muscle atrophy is a thing that really throws a wrench in resting because you have to use it. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, so teaching helps. It's just something you have to be more conscious of, which, yeah, yeah, I think maybe it's like a good exercise from the universe that like, okay, we're going to let you work, but only if you remain mindful of how you're working and how much and at what pace. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is totally off topic, but it has to do with nerves in the elbow. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was horrible in Puerto Rico. We were hiking and it was kind of like this little rocky area, mm-hmm. boulders. And this sweet older woman, it was like this beautiful waterfall that like you could swim under. It was a swimming mm-hmm. hole. And this older woman, it was clear it was like her family that was in the pool. She was like sitting on the rocks and I was kind of by her and she gets up to like grab something and then falls backwards and I was like just arms I couldn't catch her I was like oh my gosh I saw her she was like did you see it in slow motion yeah (sighs) and I it was so sad and my sister is a nurse she's an ER nurse so I was like yeah get over here and I like I'm like yeah instinctually helping her elbow Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden I looked at it. I was like, well, did it look like that before? And she like touched it and it was like a big dimple in her elbow. Like it was like it, it was concave. Like and, in what um, part? Like in, in. Yeah. Um, like in, yeah. You had to show off it, the pretty one. Um, <laughs> no, I put it away. Immediately. It was right here, like right in the center of the elbow. It looked like it, it looked like the point of her elbow had like a little butt chin. Ooh. Yes. And um I, I was like I got her number and everything and I was like, please let me know how you recover and um yeah. and she said that it was nerve damage, instant nerve damage, and she's gonna have to have surgery. So all of like you're telling uh, me all of this and I'm thinking about this poor woman. I don't even rem- I know mm-hmm. what her name is. I have her number and I'm like talking like, oh yeah, it's so bad because the surgery sounds really like extensive well, and it like they said nerve damage is unpredictable, unpredictable. so maybe it'll be easier for her but well, it is an interesting thing to heal versus just like a bone yeah because you have to put in the work to heal the nerve mm-hmm. and interestingly enough they told me that your nerve heals like uh I'm trying how to figure out how to say this so your nerve is you know a line it's like a string so it sort of moves from one side of the nerve down your arm to the end of the nerve so she said it depends how far down your nerve damage goes and if we're basing it on where the nerve was like entrapped and how far that went down so on and so forth I was like oh so I have what like nine inches of nerve to heal and she says, yes, yeah, it heals at about an inch a month. And I was like, oh, so it's just like, I'm growing out a pixie cut. But it's <laughs> oh my, my nerve gosh. instead. <laughs> and she just kind of was like, oh, haha, that's funny. Like, is, it, is it funny? But that is uh, an accurate description. Yeah. Yes. Yes. An so your nerve oh heals sort of like the same way hair grows, just at a faster uh, So that pace. means. That's on average. Yeah. So that that's means so that on average, your injury should take about nine months. To, heal. to completely heal yeah that's like the um but it could be faster it could be slower that's you know like she said it's on average so mm-hmm. and nerve Hopefully damage is unpredictable yeah it is oh, unpredictable so... <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh that is so interesting but also mm-hmm. like it's yeah. the body is really fascinating yeah it so really how often is. how often are you going to like physical therapy every week so i this is the sick joke about physical therapy it's expensive so I go like twice a week, but I do physical therapy every day, one to two times every day. So 
You have at home exercises. Yeah, it, uh, I do less exercises now than I did like two months ago, but I timed it one time and it was like two and a half hours of physical therapy every day because I have so many things that were like small, like you're gonna make a fist 30 times. You're gonna bend your hand backward and forward 30 times and you have to do everything slow. So it's like this, you know, very small movement takes a minute and a half. And then this other very small movement. And so then I had like eight of those just for my fingers because there's so many things. If it were one issue, if it were just the nerve issue, or if it were just the medial epicondylitis or just the carpal tunnel, then it would be far less. But because it was all of it, then obviously there's more. So yeah, every Uh, day, but a couple times a week. Do you, so is this a physical therapist or an occupational therapist? Occupational therapist. Uh, Uh, I'll be honest, I don't know. Because okay. it's physical therapy. She's a hand specialist. Yeah. When they sent me to, quote, occupational therapy before I had surgery, it was the same thing. Like, we okay. were doing the same thing. So I don't know if it just so happens that Which, I would do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm So... Did they say that there are preventative exercises that we all as hairdressers should be doing or could be doing? Yes and no. So this is something that I thought was interesting when I first started having the issues. I said, I was almost like arguing with the logic. I was like, but no, they taught (laughs) us in hair school that if, you know, we do this, it's more ergonomic. If we do this, it's more ergonomic. And every doctor I, I talked to said, it does not matter how well you do something ergonomically. If it's repetitive, you risk these things. Aww. So part of it is varying the way that you do things. So if you know that you hold your hands in the exact same position when you cut, then you know look at your schedule and try to do a haircut and then a blow dry and then a color and then a haircut instead of just like I'm doing all clipper cuts all day long you know this is the same that Mm -hmm. they don't want you doing and then it's also this I think is the biggest thing is strengthening and or stretching the opposite side of used muscles so for us we use the whatever the muscles are called that are like the front of your chest right like the front of your shoulders we use those a lot when we're blow drying because we're reaching forward and pulling back so usually it's common that we have really strong muscles in the front but our back muscles aren't as strong because that's not what you're using when your arms are positioned in front of you so like half of what we're doing right now is like back exercises to try to pull your shoulders back into the correct position. I think this time, like, you know, the 2000s, because we have phones and we have computers, we often have our arms out in front of us, holding our phone on our keypad. So it rolls your shoulders forward. Uh, So I think it's just, you know, depending on if you already go to the gym, (laughs) I didn't. So making sure that you're either strengthening those you don't have to go to the gym. You can use like exercise bands that are really lightweight to just 
exercise only your shoulders and your back and all of that stuff but it's just like mm-hmm. doing something something stretching laying on those you know rubber what are they called the roller things i think it's called a roller yeah those lay on those <laughs> do the stretches where you put your arm on the wall and stretch it out this way all of those pecs that's what the muscle is called all of the pec stretches and strengthening your back and stretching your hands and doing the exercises to make sure that you um, are re- maintaining like mobility and te- dexterity in all parts of your hand. Because something I learned, the reason I got carpal tunnel was because when everything else in my hand stopped working, the other part of your body will just start overworking. Like I have pain in my shoulder that's because it was overcompensating for the rest of my arm. There was no injury. Mm-hmm. It's just tired. Yeah. yeah. So you don't, you won't realize your body's doing that. Right. It'll that's just do so, it. That's like a very, that's a very good reminder for everyone. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not in hair, whatever your mm-hmm. job is, like analyze what your body is doing and mm-hmm. then on your off time, balance it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. Thank you for that. So... I think this has been a really fantastic discussion and uh, I, we just want to ask what's next? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to plug? We're kind of nearing towards the end, <laughs> the last five minutes. Do you have anything that you are doing that you want to share? Uh, this m- is where you could plug you like your Instagram, things like that. Yeah. The main thing I think is education with Kuhn. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm the most a I'm involved in and excited about. So my Instagram is at Alicia Dixon Hair. I'm sure it'll be written down somewhere on the text of the podcast. It sure um, will. <laughs> but my Instagram is just Alicia Dixon Hair. And then any if you are a hairstylist, you want to come to any classes, especially like at the Academy in Atlanta, you can go to cuneeducation.com, find the classes there. It says which classes I'm doing, uh, mm-hmm. color correction, advanced color correction with Alicia Orabella. And it's a, a one-time class in August with Victoria Kelly, we're calling it um, pastel blondes and prism pops. So just like a fun creative mm-hmm. thing. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited. So that's kind of the only avenue i'm see you know we're taking it one avenue at a time chilling out there you go That's the main i'm proud thing. of you thank you yes. <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm proud of Keep you for up. not working yes mm-hmm. relaxing it's funny because we started this podcast with both of you saying i just have a thorn because i didn't do anything yesterday and i'm in my head like bravo yes yes <laughs> go you i need just relax oh <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so for sure, those all of those will be linked down below. And the last thing that we do on our show is we end with our hair myth. So Anna, do you have the Google Doc pulled up? Do you want to read it off this week? Sure. Okay. So is changing your shampoo often healthy for your hair? You know, when people say, my hair is just used to this shampoo. I need to try another one. It stopped working. This shampoo stopped working. Is right. that legit? No. Question. No. <laughs> no. 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 I like it's to not. say. <laughs> I like to tell my clients, your hair's dead. It's dead mm-hmm. skin cells. Your mm-hmm. hair doesn't. So it's gonna do what you tell it to do. 
and if it's if you fry it or kill it even more Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's not really much you can do to bring it Mm -hmm. back from that right and And if if you go ahead alicia i was just gonna say if you have a shampoo that you bought and you felt like it worked for a week and then it stopped working was it a placebo effect if you used a shampoo Mm -hmm. for four months and then you felt like it stopped working look at the shampoo that you're using or the conditioner that you're using because it could just be you know product buildup you could just yeah. need to do a clarifying a good treatment. couple clarifying treatments to get uh, it and off. look at your uh, routine did you change anything like did you color mm-hmm. your hair when you were only getting haircuts or yes. stop coloring your hair because now yep. you have two different hairs you're working with you got your mm-hmm. not colored hair and your colored hair and it's out i always say it probably wasn't Yes, clarify your your hair, do whatever it needs to do, but it may not have been the right shampoo to begin with. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, it took this long for you to figure it out mm-hmm. that it's not the right one, or we need to do a clarifier, like you said, Alicia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you do find the one that works for you, stick with it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Break Room Banter, a hairstylist adjacent podcast. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, Leave us a five-star review and let us know what you think. And if you're listening on YouTube, the secret word of the week is work. If you'd like to follow us on social media, mine is at HairXHunter. Anna's is at Anna.SHR8Hair. And our podcast Instagram is at BreakRoomBanter. All of our Instagrams will be linked down below. And yeah, we'll see you next week for another episode. Bye.